Good morning, Moneyliners community. On this Sunday, January 15, 2023, this is Chris Nickel, founder and CEO of Moneyliners, coming to you this morning as we prepare for three additional NFL playoff games today, starting with the Miami Dolphins visiting the Buffalo Bills. Then we will move up to Minnesota, where the New York Giants roll into town and finish the evening off with the Baltimore Cincinnati Bengals nighttime playoff game down on the riverfront. Let's first talk about yesterday's action, and we'll start in San Francisco, where the Seattle Seahawks came into town as a nine and a half point underdog. Pete Carroll and Geno Smith kept the game close through the first half. They went into the locker room with a 17 to 16 lead over the San Francisco 49ers, but then our Super Bowl winning team that we picked came out firing on all cylinders in the second half to outscore the Seahawks 25 to 6 winning the game 41 to 23 and easily covering their nine and a half point spread Brock Purdy several weeks ago after Brock's very first game as a 49er I declared at that time that Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance will no longer be needed in San Francisco. Mr. Irrelevant, the very last player picked in the NFL draft, just led his team as a rookie to a playoff victory yesterday, throwing for 332 yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions. This is the last player picked in the NFL draft. This is Mr. Irrelevant out of Iowa State, Brock Purdy. He is the future in San Francisco. One of the things that we got to watch yesterday was the importance of Debo Samuel upon his return to the 49ers team. He had six receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown with a pivotal 74-yard scamper midway through the second half. When you put this kind of offense on the field, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, backed up by Eli Mitchell and the orchestrator of it all, Brock Purdy. And you match that offense up with the best defense in the NFL. I don't know who can beat the San Francisco 49ers. And yesterday, they dismantled the Seahawks in a flurry of action in the second half to advance. Let's move down to Jacksonville. I also said this several weeks ago, the 2022 23 NFL Coach of the Year, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson's job in Jacksonville has been nothing short of a miracle. He replaced the terminated Urban Meyer for this season's Jacksonville head coaching opportunity. Last year, Urban Meyer led his team to a 3-14 and record. The big-time contract that Urban signed, giving him full control over the Jacksonville Jaguars from top to bottom, ended in his termination after scandalous videos surfaced of his behavior with some strange, still unknown woman at an Ohio State University bar. Doug Peterson comes in, the former Super Bowl-winning coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, if you remember several years ago, it was actually four years ago, when Doug Peterson faced then quarterback Tom Brady of the New England Patriots. 
The New England Patriots came into that game as a close to two touchdown favorite over the Philadelphia Eagles. Doug Peterson took Nick Foles. Yep, Nick Foles, third string, double backup quarterback up against the New England Patriots, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And the Eagles brought home their first Super Bowl trophy in many, many years. Two short years later, Doug Peterson was fired, probably because he didn't bring home a second and third consecutive Super Bowl trophies. They let him go in Philadelphia. Doug took one year off. The Urban Meyer chaos ensued in Jacksonville. And the owner of the Jaguars said, enough of this. I've got to go get somebody that knows how to build a winning culture. In steps Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson has turned Trevor Lawrence into a top 10 NFL quarterback. That's right. Goldilocks last night after throwing four interceptions just after the first quarter of action. Jacksonville found themselves in a hole 27 to nothing. Now, when you're down 27 to nothing to a playoff team in the playoffs, you're not supposed to win. As a matter of fact, the Jacksonville comeback last night was the third largest deficit that any team has overcome in a playoff game in the history of the NFL. In the second half, Trevor Lawrence threw for four touchdown passes with a quarterback rating of 144, which is near flawless. So one of the things that Doug Peterson has done, most importantly in in Jacksonville, has given this team that hasn't won this many games since 2017 a belief, a confidence in themselves, in each other. There is no bickering on the sidelines. There is no finger pointing on the sidelines. They rally around one another, and they believe that they can come back against anybody, anywhere. You know, the Jacksonville under the Urban Meyer era last year probably would have been throwing helmets and in each other's faces because they were down 27 to nothing and they had no hope. Not this team. And that is because of Doug Peterson. He is one of the top three best coaches in the NFL. He will win the NFL Coach of the Year. And as I said a few weeks ago, Jacksonville will be a Super Bowl contender very soon. Now, they already advance. They get to advance into the second round of the playoffs. And today's action will determine who they face next week. It could be Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati. Could be the Ravens. Could be the Dolphins. Whoever they face is going to have their hands full with a Doug Peterson-led Jacksonville Jaguars team, the way Trevor Lawrence is playing. And I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I, when I watch Jacksonville, the biggest thing as far as skills, side of the ball, team, their defense. Their defense held up last night after five turnovers. They had four interceptions. They had a muffed punt. And they only gave up 27 points in the entire game. One field goal in the, at the end of the second, at the end of the, in the second half. Uh, gave up 30 points in that game. But they held they held serve as best they could given the ridiculous circumstances that their offense put them in. Jacksonville's defense is legit. Their offensive weapons at receiver, Marvin Jones Jr., Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, 
I, I still don't believe that there is a skill set catching the ball that's that's that good across the field of any NFL team. Some NFL teams will have a star receiver and then a couple of other guys. But from tight end through receivers and Etienne coach catching the ball out of the backfield, I don't think that there is an offensive team more talented than Jacksonville. So we will see what happens as Jacksonville moves forward and the Chargers go home to San Diego with one of the most embarrassing losses in franchise history. You know, one of the questions that's going to be asked today in San Diego is Brandon Staley, our guy. Last year, after what happened that that knocked them out of playoff the playoff race, he was the same coach that he is this year that blew a 27-point lead. You've got one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL in Justin Herbert. You've got a strong receiving core. You've got probably the best all-around, all-purpose running back in the NFL, and you have a strong defense. And you just blew a 27-point lead. That comes on the that that is the coach's responsibility. It is inexcusable. So San Diego has to determine: do we have the right head coach? Let's talk about today's action for a minute. And we'll start over in Buffalo. Now, everyone knows that there is a chance that DeMar Hamlin will show up at the Bills game today in some capacity. As you know, he visited the Bills team yesterday uh, in the locker room, which was an incredible sign, an an incredible set of images and videos coming from his visit of his teammates. You can tell he is still pretty fragile. Uh, and not up to his you know, normal strength that he would have as a player the, just a few weeks ago. Uh, but for him to be in that locker room and, and wish his teammates luck, I can't imagine him not finding his way to the Bills game today as they take on the Dolphins as a 13.5 point favorite. Now let's talk about that 13.5 points. What does that look like? That's a tough pick. When you look at the other action today, I think they're pretty straightforward and pretty easy picks. But the 13.5-point Buffalo favorite is tough for me because the Dolphins are going with Skylar Thompson, I believe. I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater will be ready to come back at this point. So it looks like Thompson's going to be the quarterback. Can he hold it to within two touchdowns? You also know that Mostart is out. So you're going to be going with Jack Wilson Jr. at running back. And can he get enough yards to keep it within two touchdowns? Our pick on Moneyliners.com is the Miami Dolphins plus 13.5. And And I see that as a late backdoor cover uh, as the Bills let up a little bit in the fourth quarter with a strong lead and the Dolphins get a backdoor cover. If you don't know which one to bet on that game, I would stay away from it because it's just such an odd line. The Bills, I I strongly believe, will pull that victory out uh, behind some extra motivation if DeMar is able to show up to the game. But the Bills win, Dolphins cover. Moving over to Minnesota and the New York Giants. The current line is Minnesota minus three. It has moved to minus two and a half, back to three, which is where I think it will stay. The Vikings are 13 and four, eight and one at home, whereas the Giants coming into town at nine and seven with a 4-4 and away record. The Minnesota Vikings win this game running away. 
I think that the three points for the Vikings is the best line of the day in any sports, college basketball, NBA, or the NFL. The Vikings have yet to play a stout defensive game in the second half of this season. And there's no better opportunity than in front of your home crowd in the playoffs, week one of playoffs, against a weak Giants offense. I think Daniel Jones will struggle. I think Minnesota will rush and blitz often. And the Vikings win this game by at least two touchdowns. Brian Dayball has had a great season in New York. He has them back in the playoffs after an abysmal few years in New York. But Minnesota's offensive weapons and Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and the way that Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball to TJ Hawkinson tight end, the Vikings run away with this game. The nightcap, the Baltimore Ravens against the Cincinnati Bengals. There is bad blood in this game. I expect this to be a rough, tumbled, highly contested and irritable team on both sides of the ball. I would see multiple flags being thrown for unsportsmanlike conduct. This is going to be an absolute brawl. There were words exchanged earlier this week between wide receiver Jamar Chase and pretty much the entire defense of the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Bengals are coming into this game as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. They obviously just beat Baltimore last week, uh, 27-16, to to actually win the division and lock down this home field advantage against the Ravens. The Ravens are going without Lamar Jackson again. So whether it's Huntley or whether it's – it doesn't matter who's at quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. They're not going to be able to sling it around the field and compete against Joe Burrow throwing the ball to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Hunter Hurst. The Bengals as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite is a gift. Bengals win by two touchdowns and roll the Baltimore Ravens out of the playoffs, and they advance. So as we move and we look at the potential AFC matchups, if we just say that our predictions come to fruition, who plays next week? Well, it will be the lower seed against Kansas City, and then it would be the two next seeds. So if things play out the way we are predicting, next week you would see the Jacksonville Jaguars at Kansas City, and you would see the Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills. Both of those would be exciting matchups. Let's finish off this podcast this morning with a little bit of talk uh, about college basketball. There isn't a lot going on right now because it's still early in the season. You have the top-tier teams in the Houston Cougars, the Kansas Jayhawks, and the Purdue Boilermakers. There were a couple of upsets yesterday, one of which we predicted on Moneyliners.com. The University of Kentucky Wildcats went into Tennessee and Knoxville as an 11.5-point underdog. You have to go back to the 1950s. That's right, the 1950s since Kentucky was a double-digit underdog against the Tennessee Volunteers. That's 70 years. The Kentucky Wildcats and John Calipari are playing their worst basketball under the Calipari era. For the first time since Calipari has been in Kentucky, the Kentucky Blue Blood faithful are calling for his departure. 
Remember, Kentucky signed John Calipari to a lifelong contract. He is the only college basketball coach in NCAA with a lifelong contract. What does that mean? Well, it means that if the Kentucky Wildcats athletic director decides to part ways with John Calipari as the head coach of the Kentucky basketball team, he has to keep Calipari on the payroll until he is no longer walking this earth. I've never seen that. I, when that was signed, when that deal was done with Calipari, I wondered to myself, this guy has brought one championship, one trophy to Kentucky. And if you don't know how many Kentucky uh, trophies are in that basketball arena, go look it up. Kentucky, North Carolina, and Duke are the three winningest basketball programs in the history of college basketball. John Calipari bringing one trophy to Kentucky when there was already double-digit trophies in that hall in Kentucky was not something that earned him a lifelong contract. So John Calipari, in the midst of his very worst season as the coach of Kentucky, rolls into Knoxville yesterday, desperately needing a big win to get the heat off of his back, so to speak. And what did he do? He beat the Tennessee Volunteers 63-56 to as an 11.5-point underdog. That was Tennessee's third loss of the season, and Kentucky now is 2-3 and three in the conference and 11-6 and six overall. This isn't Kentucky basketball. And I don't think that John Calipari is going to be the head coach of this team at the end of this year. It's time to move on and time to restore order in the basketball world. Two other games we'd like to talk about. Alabama, Crimson Tide versus the LSU Tigers. Alabama currently the fourth-ranked team in the nation at 13-2, went into this game as a 15-point favorite against the LSU Tigers, who, by the way, aren't a bad team. They're 12-5 overall. LSU came in to Tuscaloosa and proceeded to allow a college basketball team to score 106 points. The LSU Tigers were defeated 106-66 to by the Crimson Tide. Now, if you remember the controversy last year when John Calipari said on national TV as a jab to his football coaching partner, Mr. Stoops, we are a basketball school. Now, you know that that created a lot of of, of rift between the two coaches. I wonder if Nick Saban is going to say to Coach Oates, we are a football school. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Nick Saban has been a mentor and has been a big uh, point of motivation for Coach Oates to get get this Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team into the position that they're in, being a top five team in the nation. You just don't think about Alabama Crimson Tide and basketball, yet they just put up 100 points against a strong LSU Tigers team. At the end of the season, when you watch the way Alabama plays, team basketball inside and out, I think you're going to see Alabama deep into the tournament, potentially a Final Four team. They are that talented. They only have 
two losses all season. One loss came to the then number one team, Connecticut Huskies, and then a number three team at the time, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, a game in which they scored 90 and still lost. This is a strong team. Watch out for the Crimson Tide. Enjoy the football games today. Best of luck on your picks. And remember, at Moneyliners.com, if we don't hit 54% of our wins week to week, month to month, year to year, your subscription is free with a 100% money back guarantee. Make it a great Sunday. Good luck.